Welcome to the first season of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up in bold, courageous faith, like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough and hope was dim, but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your podcast host. As an author, speaker, pastor, and freedom coach, I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who've tackled difficult life crises head-on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the very same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Have you ever had one of those times in your life where you just needed a mentor? You needed someone to pour into your life. Well, my guest today, she's a storyteller and a seasoned mentor. She's energized by investing in people of all ages, and that's good news. She's a guest blogger monthly for The Right Conversation. That's W-R-I-T-E. She co-directs the annual spiritual retreat for Renew, a retreat in New England for writing and speaking. She offers hourly sessions on writing and speaking and spiritual growth through Encouraging Words Consulting. She's a member of the Red Bud Writers Guild and ASA, Advanced Writers and Speakers Association. She's a graduate of Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, my goodness, and Furman University, and is an award-winning author of 50 books, including Soul Strong, Life-Giving Choices, Dwelling Places in Ordinary Graces, and I bet she's actually an award-winning author now of 17 books. We'll hear about that in a moment, but whether she's building a leadership team or she's pouring into young mamas or leading a restorative day of prayer, she is a woman who engages both heart and mind while helping you choose a life of serenity and strength, and she conveys deep and practical truths in winsome ways. Would you please welcome to Arise Esther, my guest today, Lucinda Seacrest McDowell. Welcome. Thank you, Dawn. I am so thrilled to be here with you and with all my Esther sisters and anyone who's listening to us today. Absolutely. We're so thrilled to have you on. You've got some good news before we get into uh, our discussion today. You did just win two more awards. Tell us about that real quick. Well, uh, we, you and I were recently at the ASA 20th uh, conference, 20th anniversary conference, and the golden scrolls were handed out. And how thrilled I was that uh, this book, Soul Strong, Seven Keys to a Vibrant Life, was part of the Christian Living uh, category, and it got third place, uh, runner-up to two other fabulous books by Osses. But how thrilling that was for me. That's the one we're going to be talking about today. And then, as it turned out, my other book that came out this year, which is Life-Giving Choice choices, uh, 60 uh, days uh, to what matters most. Sorry, I had to look at my subtitle. (laughs) Actually, it was named Devotional of the Year, Golden Scrolls. So, you know, we do not write for awards. In fact, I never even got an award till my 12th book. 
So I would never have kept writing if it was just for awards. But they are kind of kisses from God that remind us we are in the right story. We are fulfilling God's calling in our lives. That's a beautiful way of saying it. I love that. They are indeed kisses from God. And yes, it lets us know that God, you know what, we're on the right track and our, our, his work through us is being appreciated. And that's a great feeling. But, you know, Lucinda, I had the joy of meeting you, yes, just recently at ASA. And if one thing I've known about you thus far, it is indeed that you are a soul-strong woman. I want to talk about that today. Help us get to know you a little bit. How do you become a soul-strong woman? Well, (laughs) part of it is you just uh, keep going. You answer God's call for me. It was early in my young life uh, to follow him as Savior and Lord of my life. But part of it is just also what um, you may have heard the quote. It is a long obedience in the same direction. Uh, Throughout many vicissitudes of life, the ups and downs, both professionally, personally, you remember the promises of God. You keep going. And um, it's a... you know, I think of my own Arise Esther moments as a young woman. I, I finished college, university at age 20, and I had in my heart and mind as a believer and uh, with my English degree firmly under my arm that I wanted to um, both uh, follow God's call for communicating, but also for compassion. And so in my early years, I did several different jobs. I was a teacher for the blind. And I also was a journalist and a writer for Carolina Country Magazine. So I was like trying to find my way, but I knew God wanted me to be a pioneer. I actually went to seminary in the 70s when uh, not many women were doing that. And I went up to Boston because I felt like God, whatever he wanted to do in my life, it would involve, I wanted it to involve me having a foundation of good theology and good Bible teaching. And so that's why I went to seminary uh, to learn that so that anything he would call me to do afterwards, I would be um, hopefully prepared biblically and theologically. And uh, I've just kept saying yes to him. Yes, yes, yes. And go through all these open doors. So, um, so it's interesting how this term soul strong came about also how I came to write this uh, legacy book of mine, which just came out as the world shut down. Oh man. Well, I want to hear about that. And you've said some words that pique my interest because you know that I'm a woman pastor as well. Yes. um, So you said persistence, you said pioneer, And those two words really, and you said Esther, of course, arise Esther, but those words really do say something about you because not every woman is is willing to be a pioneer. It's not for the faint of heart, is it? There's a lot. It's not. And actually, I, um, I have been a pastor at two very large churches in my life. The first one was in the early 1980s in Silicon Valley. I was the first missions pastor at Menlo Park Presbyterian Church. It's called the Menlo Church now. And um, back in 1981, when I became, took that job, um, we had at that time a million dollar mission budget. 
Mm. And uh, so I was training people to go all over the world and training uh, the church to have that world view. Mm. Uh, this is in Silicon Valley in the early 80s, right next to Stanford. And it was quite an interesting time to be in ministry. And then many, not many years later, but then back in Connecticut, where I live now, I was also in pastoral care ministry at a large, uh, very um, a historic church that was the very first church in Connecticut, which is my uh, home church. So um, yeah, it's been, I, I, I didn't, I haven't just served the Lord as a pastor, but I have felt from day one that if God calls us to be in leadership, he will equip us and he will show us his will and his way. And there are many different marching orders that are involved with answering that call through the years. It looks different at different seasons. And obviously along the way, I, um, I also, um, I married in my thirties and um, I actually raised four kids. Mm -hmm. um, Three of the four are adopted. I can't remember which ones, but um, <laughs> one has very special needs. So, you know, I've, 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 that's been a very major calling in my life. But I also have, um, from day one, been a writer and speaker. I mean, my first job out of university was as a writer. And um, so I have followed that path and um, realizing along the way that I have made a lot of mistakes, but I've learned from them. And so that's kind of how, um, so yes, those words of, of, of um, a pioneer, the words of perseverance, pastor, um, just God providing uh, all of that purpose, finding your purpose. Those are very much my life story. And yeah. I'm still at it. That's why the fact that it's amazing that I'm still, God is still using me. And the truth is in this season of my life, Dawn, I, I can't think of anything better than being a spiritual mama. Mm -hmm. I love that when I was reading that and getting to know you a little bit, the fact that you, you are mentoring other Esthers, if you will, young women who need to learn how to step up and answer the call of God, whatever it is on their life, but even specifically in ministry or in communicating in ministry. I love that you went and you got that biblical foundation so that you would be writing truth and balance. Truth is so important. And thank Especially you for today. being another purveyor of God's truth. That is what our world needs now. And that is what our world needs to hear from us. So what happened is um, I had found myself at many conferences. Um, I also do a lot of uh, teaching of writing and speaking, but also just spiritual growth. I mean, my forte is the spiritual disciplines of life and learning to go deeper with God. That is my heartbeat. Yeah. And every time I would go to a conference, I would, I would have these coffees with these younger women and they would turn to me and say things like, how do you do it? And I didn't know what they meant. I would say, how do I do what? And they said, you know, keep going after all these years. You still have your faith intact. You seem vibrant. You seem hopeful. And you know, I would think inside, I don't know that I'm doing it all that well right now. But then I would realize the truth is I am still 
so excited about Jesus, so sold out, so de determined to reach out in kindness and compassion and, and, and help a hurting world. And I realized that I do had learned some things along the way. And so as these women kept asking me to share it, I would say to God, I literally said this to God, who am I to do this? They, you have so many daughters that are smarter, that are far more well-known, better writers. And God said, yes, I do. I have so many Esthers. And he said, but that does not release you from answering it with obedience to the call on your life. So I sat down and I thought, you know, if, 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 what would I tell a younger woman that are the essentials in yes. order to stay the course? Yes. And I came up actually with seven couplets, or as the subtitle here is, it's soul strong, but it's seven keys to a vibrant life. And so I could tell you those just really briefly if you want me to. Oh, absolutely. We want to hear all of them. And yes, take your time as you break down each one of those for us. And I love, once again, I love the word vibrant. Vibrant. Isn't that a great word? Such a great word right next to vivacious because you're both of those things. Well, aren't you kind? I am not those things in the flesh especially right now. It's kind of a hard time, but I am through the power of the Holy Spirit Amen. dwelling in me those yes. things. Yes. I am, if anything, very authentic and transparent. What you see is what you get. So yes. this is the power of Christ in me, isn't it, Dawn? Would you so ever amazing. attempt to live life without the power of Christ in this? No, no, I would yeah, not. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't either. And so I came up with these seven couplets and they're very simple, but that doesn't mean they're easy, but they do. I actually, later I realized they build on each other. So basically this book is a workbook. It is an interactive book. And that's what I love about it. You don't just read it. You kind of absorb it and, and, Anyway, so the first uh, key is to live loved. And I really start with that because until we can come to that deep understanding that we are our sole identity that never will go away is that we are God's beloved. Mm -hmm. And until we, and you know, we sing, Jesus loves me, this I know when we're a child, but do we, how does that move from our head to our heart so that we know that no matter what the world sends our way, no matter the failures and mistakes we make, we are God, God created us, God loves us. Mm -hmm. And it is on the basis of that love that we can then live loved and out of knowing we are already loved, already accepted, already called, we do not then depend on the world's input yes. to give us meaning. So, to give us marching orders, to give us empowerment. Uh, the, the affirmation for that chapter is, I believe I am loved completely by my Heavenly Father. And you know, so we start right there at the beginning and we nail that down. And I take people through exercises. Some women that have gone through this book have said that is really the hardest chapter to really get over all that insecurity, all that believing we're unworthy. So true. There are so many lies that the enemy has successfully, you know, put into our mind planted in and now we're living with that fruit but to live loved you know jesus said in john 15 as the father has loved me i love you so you're teaching women um you said exercise why is it important to do ex these exercises because what these do is um these actually take you through looking at your life looking at scripture looking at the names of god looking at all of it's all based on biblical truth so it's actually 
a discipling book, but oh, it's yeah. very atypical, but you're working through these exercises. And one of them is to write a love letter from God to you. And you would not believe how hard that is until you come to know through God's word uh, that he has loved us with an everlasting love. He has gathered us with loving kindness. And it is from that point that we can just imagine being on the edge of a cliff, you're perched, but when you know you're loved and called and empowered and undergirded, you can launch out into the unknown and begin to love others. So oh, that's why that's number one. Yeah, so, absolutely. Beautiful. Because and then it, 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 it moves us into key number two, which is be authentic be authentic. Mm -hmm. And and what this is, the, the uh, affirmation says, I discover and embrace my unique calling. Mm -hmm. We know we're loved, but we have to figure out who we are exactly. I am different from you. We have similar uh, universal callings for all believers, which is to live the life of Christ. But the way that is acted out and enacted out in our unique stories is so different, isn't it? And it's based on many things. It's based on the experiences we've had. It's based on the gifts we've been given and the talents and the personalities and the opportunities and the open doors and the closed doors. And this whole chapter takes us through how to get to know who you are and who you aren't yes. you know how to how to learn to live with an audience of one to live just to an audience of one and get over comparisons mm -hmm. and, so and, and 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 not try to compare yourself with other people it's it's embracing that realness that authenticity not telling us to just wallow in our failures but just for the sake of it, but showing that as real people who have learned a lot of things the hard way and who have not always uh, followed Christ a hundred percent, perhaps right. that it's to show them that in that God was there for us. He lifted us up. He transformed us. He changed us. And if he can do that for me, he can do that for you. Right. And, and so it's, it's so that it'll point to him, not that it'll point to us. Absolutely. Don't you believe that we have a saying, you know, that says what comes from the heart touches the heart. And, you know, I don't think that being plastic or acting like we have it all together really helps anyone, does it? But it doesn't. Yeah, there's also a saying broken people uh, touch broken people. And so, um, you know, we, I, I really started out early in my youth to want to be a Ming vase for God, perfect, tall, elegant, <laughs> just everything in place. And I realized that is not the person God created me to be. I am the girl next door. Yeah. And I, that is who God created me to be so that I could be approachable, so that I could offer wisdom. I even teach theology with, with wit and people are learning stuff, but they're not, they're not realizing it because that's who God created this vessel to be. So be authentic is a very important part. It releases us. It gives us such freedom, doesn't freedom. it? Yes, yeah, so much freedom. Yes. And so, yes. it, I mean, stress and anxiety just roll off when I say I'm okay all by myself and, and who God created me to be. And it's yes, and you are living into that beautifully. I have heard you uh, 
in, in some of your presentations. Um, the next two are, are, are what are also very important. The third one is to dwell deep. And this entire chapter, I talk about um, how, in, how in John, uh, we are taught, Jesus says, abide in me as I will abide in you. Dwell, it's where we live, it's where we focus. And to learn how to do that by time with God every day. Time in God's word and prayer. And I talk about the importance of that, not as the quiet time police, but as offering us that opportunity to, to make those spiritual deposits every day so that when the withdrawals need to come, we won't be overdrawn. We would have filled up to overflow. And so that's why dwell deep is all about uh, the things that the ancient saints through the years have done to draw closer to God, to become more Christ-like. And, uh, and that's so essential uh, as we build who we are and become that person that can pour out to a needy world. And the one right on the tail of that is to pray always. Now, pray always. We say, how can you pray always? I've got other things to do, but it's in God's word as a command. Yes, it is. Several times. So mm -hmm. that must be possible. And the way I have figured out that it is possible, by the way, the affirmation for that is, um, I live a praying life, bringing all to God who answers. Um, it's not just to pray on occasion. It's to live a whole life where everything that is happening is being experienced and given over to God at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's learning, uh, it's learning to live prayerfully in every, because of God's presence with us all the time. And, uh, so the dwelling deep is about, uh, abiding daily and the praying always is about learning the power of prayer. And in that chapter, I offer a lot of different prayers. I talk about prayer. I talk about teaching my children prayer. And just um, it, those two are really key, key chapters, I, I feel. Prayer is so powerful and a lot of people get uh, tripped up over prayer because they think that it has to be complicated or we have to do something exact. How would you define prayer for those that are listening? Prayer is a conversation with God. And it is, um, we, and if we talked about the different ways that can happen, friend, it says in God's word that sometimes you can be on the ground, moaning and groaning, crying out in desperation without words. And guess what? That's prayer. And God understands through the power of the Holy Spirit. Prayer also, prayer, y'all, this whole chapter is powerful because I am a pray on the spot person. I learned, I learned from a mentor to just pray constantly and to pray whatever happens at the drop of a hat, anywhere, anytime. So I believe in spontaneous spirit-led prayer. I believe in arrow prayers like thanks and help. But I also believe in deep prayers of the church, those from those that we find throughout the Bible and the Psalms. I believe in deep prayers from the saints of old. I believe that we can take those words that were that were relevant back in Augustine's day and pray them with the same power. It's the same God. Yeah. And so um, sometimes people say that Soul Strong sometimes looks like a Bible study. Sometimes it looks like a prayer book. Yeah. It's just a lot of different things because it is interactive. But prayer, friend, is you talking to the one who knows you best and loves you most. Amen. And can't you do that? And could I just give Don a little word picture that has helped me, particularly when I'm talking to people about prayer? 
take a chair uh, that's just empty and put it next to you. And would you just envision that the Lord Jesus is sitting in that chair? And, and, and pour your heart out to him. I do this every time. Remember when we used to travel and speak? <laughs> every time I would be driving home from a speaking engagement, I would envision Jesus in my passenger seat. And we would talk about every single person we met and all the things we had learned. And we, I would take the, talk to him about her. You can do that in your home. You can do that anywhere. Because guess what? It says throughout God's word, I am with you always. And so prayer is just recognizing that. Um, and that's a very simplistic answer, but I can't cover all these major topics in depth. <laughs> I do have three more to go. Do I have time to give those yeah, real quickly? Sure do. The next one is um, overcoming pain, to overcome pain. Now, this is also so key, and yet it needed those first four to build up to it. Because the truth is, we are all going to go through suffering, pain, struggles, challenges in life. Um, I, I, I share stories both from God's word and from saints through the years and how God used their brokenness and pain in their life, how they allowed God to use it to transform them, to accomplish amazing things for him that they would never have done without that pain. Um, isn't it true? You yes. think of all, I'm, Dawn, I'm sure if we could have a conversation and you could name the mentors in your life, the people that have touched your life the most, whether they be from books or uh, from God's word or people that you've known personally, um, it, people, the, the affirmation is, I allow my scars to open new doors of service. Mm -hmm. What made us sensitive to that, that person that's hurting that we now understand? It was because we went through something similar. Right. And we are told that we can comfort others with the comfort we received. And so uh, this is such an important chapter because nothing is wasted with God. Yes. But we do have to choose to be either become bitter or better. Mm -hmm. So it is our choice uh, uh, whether we will overcome the pain and allow it to open new doors. Um, I also say in there that I don't trust anyone without a limp because I have learned in my longer life that um, we may limp, we may have scars, but that's what helps make us who we are. And it also gives us credentials for serving, doesn't it, Dawn? Absolutely. I know that from just knowing some of your story. Yes, it does. The credibility that, not just that we went through something, but that we overcame, that we chose to be victorious because we get to choose how we're going to face things. We don't get to choose the consequences of those things. And so it's such a beautiful thing when people will choose healing and wholeness, and then you get to reap the benefit that doesn't always feel good at the time. It's hard work to do healing at times. You have to go through your story again. Oh, it's totally hard work. Yes. yes, it totally is. And so, that, but that's part, you asked me, we opened tonight, today with what makes you soul strong. This is part of it. And that's why the, the companion book, Life-Giving Choices, is actually 60 devotions to make one good choice a day. And that's what you were saying. Yes. Um, my next, my sixth key is, sounds so simple and kind of duh, but it's so important extend kindness. Yes, I just said, be kind. Yes. This is an essential for your life 
friend, if you believe it or not. I could have used the word mercy or compassion. I didn't want to use a theological word. I wanted to use a word so you would know that you can do this. Uh, the affirmation is, I become a person who freely shows grace and mercy to all. Mm -hmm. Be kind. Do you know that if we even just did that one thing, Dawn, all of us within the sound of your and my voices, imagine how we could be used as Christ people to help change the world, to reach love, out to people, yeah, no matter where they are, no matter who they are. That's right. That's right. I love the word, word kind, and it's so relevant right now because oh. if I just speak to the listener too, and maybe those who are watching, but, but does that mean, Lucinda, that we even have to be kind on Facebook? Is this oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, friend. Well, let me tell you that it does mean that. And I actually, since you brought that up and I didn't know you were going to, but I actually give in this, in this book six uh, questions to ask yourself before you post. And I think maybe I should give those really quick now. Do it, yeah. Because you know what, friend, we are called to be reconcilers. Mm -hmm. We are called in God's word to be reconcilers. Mm -hmm. So yes, there is a lot out there that is so divisive and so bad and so hard, but you know what? We don't have to contribute to that. We can contribute to what God asks us to do. So these are the questions I ask before I post. What is my motive in posting this? Am I bragging or am I sharing something that's best kept quiet or is it something provoking controversy? Are you sharing it to provoke? Number two, is the content rooted in truth and my values? Is it rooted in truth and my values? Is it fake news that I'm sharing? You know, people hit re-share or whatever, and they don't necessarily always know what they're sharing. Right. Is, am I sharing a false image of my life? Or something that might reflect negatively on someone else because if the answer is yes then I don't share that number three is this post helpful in other words does it celebrate does it encourage does it offer hope does it give positive information or even sure humor but not at anyone's expense mm -hmm. number four could this post be hurtful or harmful in other words am I betraying a trust am I sharing someone else's news too soon Am I uh, revealing a family secret or potentially endangering a child? Mm. Am I disobeying my employee social media rules? Thank you. These mm -hmm. Good questions. Good question. number, number five, will I cringe when this post pops up next month or next year? You know how it pops up and says, five years ago, this is what you posted. Will I cringe? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what would my future self say about what I'm considering making public today? Now, you younger people, listen to that one. Yes. And number six, does this post give glory to God? And by the way, it doesn't have to be a religious post. Does this post give glory to my creator? Mm -hmm. Does my social media witness as a Christ follower draw others to him and his people? You know, I mean, let's be winsome Christians, folks. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if what we are doing and saying is not a reflection of the Christ that is kind and draws people to him and upholds truth, you know, maybe we don't need to post it. Now, did I say we don't need to think it? We don't need to believe it? No, I just personally happen to believe 
that social media is, is, is a place for some things and maybe not other things. If, can I say that on your show? Yes, you can. And we agree. It's, oh, when you um, get this book, which I already did mail to you, but you haven't gotten it yet, but you had me on anyway. So God bless you. When you get it, you will find that under the be authentic chapter, but it could be, it could be under the be kind chapter. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that be kind is definitely something that we think about before we go to Facebook. And as you said, it's out there forever. Once it's posted, you can't get those words back. And this is also, um, and I want you to keep going, but one of the things that's happening in our world is when people aren't kind and they're getting offended and the body of Christ is fighting. And I pastor a multicultural church and it's like, we know that we're all over the place in, in some of our beliefs. And it's like, Hey guys, let's just be kind. We don't have to say that right now. Let's, let's choose unity and kindness. I, I totally agree. And so before I move from, from extend kindness, I do want to say, particularly since you mentioned your multicultural church, yeah. this is where I talk about how to learn to love everybody always. Yeah. In other words, how to do a lot of listening. I talk about hard conversations mm -hmm. and how we, um, depending on where we are and how we can reach out to people, particularly those that may be different from us and we don't know and the steps that we can take. Um, so I think this is an essential key to a vibrant life and it encompasses a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And then the, I actually end my seven keys with one that um, is called share stories because the affirmation here is I reflect on God's faithfulness with gratitude and hope. You know what? I don't care if you're 16 or 66 or 96, whoever is listening, you have stories stories of what God has done in your life. And, and we are not, I mean, Jesus was the, the ultimate storyteller, but we are told to tell the story of what God has done for you. We are told that. And so we need to be passing that along in many different ways. And I know Dawn and I write books, but we're not just saying you can only do this as a professional author or professional podcaster or speaker. No, all of us can share stories. And do you know what? Those people who may or may not have a faith life now will listen to a story before they'll listen to a sermon. No offense, Pastor Dawn. Right. Right? You would agree with that? Uh, yes, I would agree with that. Stories, yeah, they sneak into the nook and cranny of our heart. Where maybe and people can't argue with what God's done in our life. They can argue theology with you till they're blue in the face. But if you say, you know, I was this and now I'm that. If you say God stepped in and did this, you know, and, 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 and also retelling the amazing stories of the Bible that maybe haven't been heard in their full context. Yes. That's one of the things I enjoy doing is telling the stories of the Bible, but maybe putting a little contemporary flair on it. So when they're listening and then I say, and if that's sounding familiar to you, guess what? That's actually the story of David or whatever. But and how brilliant that you do that. Because here's the thing. My heartbeat is to show that, that God's word, this happens to be a very flowery cover, but this is my Bible, one of my Bibles. God's word is so relevant to us today. It sure is. So however we have to pivot <laughs> to figure out how to share that in a vibrant way, and, and, you know, Jesus did not create us to be dull. 
uh, or boring, did he? Amen. So that's that's why. So those are my those are my seven keys to being soul strong. Well, those are um, incredible keys, and I can't help but believe that if we were following those, and you talked about it earlier, that it's really like the the spiritual disciplines, even of the desert fathers. I'm hearing some of that, and I love the disciplines. If we will live a a disciplined life, is a is a powerful life. It's a joyful life, and it's a, a life at peace. But we're going to find ourselves, you know, in finding a breakthrough and healing and wholeness. And um, as best as it's re- as is up to us, because we can't control all the circumstances, but we're living a successful life, a strong life. How are you experiencing being strong today? Oh, strong. Oh, I, I love that we're having this interview today. We were going to have it a few weeks ago, but I had a hard time about a week ago. You know, the six-month uh, quarantine here in the Northeast has been so hard. It's been hard everywhere, and I know that, but it's been hard from day one here. And um, and I, you know, I had some, some moments, and I, I was saying, to uh, my husband, I was saying, my word for the year is strong. That's the word God gave me in January. And sometimes I feel anything but. Here's the thing. The strength, my you know, physical strength and sometimes even emotional strength. Um, my blog today, I blog every week at lucindasecrestmcdowell.com. And my blog is actually about people that are going through a real dark night of the soul right now. And there are a lot of people. The Washington uh, Post said that a third of Americans have been, uh, are clinically depressed at this moment. So, uh, you know, in other words, there may be, we may not be physically strong right now. Some of us are getting, well, we're all getting older, but, you know, we may have certain challenges emotionally. Maybe we don't feel strong sometimes. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, if we do these ways of drawing closer to God, we become strong in our souls, that, that deep part of who we are. And it is that strength that will carry us through. So it is that strength that when I am at a low point, um, whether it's physically or emotionally or, or mentally or whatever, that steps in. It's those, those deposits that I have made are there in the bank. So I don't, I'm not overdrawn when the bill comes due. Do you see what I mean? Yes. You were talking about the desert fathers. I want you to know that, that in the, in the sections of dwell deep and pray always, I actually introduce some of our people that read this to things like Lexio Divino, certain kinds of uh, liturgies and things that have, that have been part of the obedience of the saints through the years. And they're nothing to be afraid of or to scoff at. They're just, uh, other path ways to to draw closer to Christ, and people love being able to learn more and more. So um, the way I stay soul strong, honestly, Don, it's it's a one, it's a one point way. Every day, time in the Word and prayer. Every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now for me, the rhythm is to do that first thing and last thing. I talk about the examen and, and at night after we re- review the day and take to God the things we need to confess and the things we need to be thankful for. So, you know, but, but then it's all during the day at different times as well. But that's how I stay soul strong. It's God alone because I am weak so often. And, you know, this, I will be honest, y'all who are listening, this is a hard time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dawn and I are talking in, in mid September of 2020. I don't, and it's just, um, 
there are so many hurting people yeah. and hurting people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And so it, we, when we see these people lashing out and it's because they're in such pain and loss and don't know where to go, but folks, the one who created you, the sustainer of the universe is as close as right next to you mm -hmm. and wants to give you his strength. Just open God's word, do a Google or on about in the Bible, the verses about strength, and you will discover that when you come to the end of your own, God is there for you. Amen. And I, I count on that, Don, don't you? Count on that every day, same as what you're talking about. I, I start every day with acknowledging God and greeting the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Good morning, Papa. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And, and Amen. And I have that prayer, John Stott's daily prayer, Trinity prayer in this book, which is oh. a really great, where he starts that way. Anyway, I love that. And, and, and that's, and God greets us back and the Lord ministers back to us and enjoys that time with us. And I love what you were saying. If people haven't found that strength, if they haven't tapped into that relationship with God, if, if all they know is religion perhaps, or a couple of um, liturgies that they learned or something as a child, there's such a depth in relationship that is waiting for you. The finished work of the cross, um, everything that Jesus did for us is available to us. It's a free gift. We don't work for it. We don't have to earn it. We just have to accept it. That's part of living loved. That well, the whole grace story is my story. And, and when I close the book on sharing stories, that's where I talk about how my life was totally transformed when I figured out grace, what you just said. Yeah. That we can't earn it, but we can't lose it because it is a gift from God and we all need to embrace it. And some people say that grace is a, the gospel for believers. And too many believers don't understand grace, but... It's so important. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. There is hope, friends. There is so much hope. Yes. Yes. Well, I would. You know, I think you and I are really kindred spirits. I bet we, yeah, we are. You know, we are. I, I was thinking that too. And um, like I could go into a whole nother discussion about the disciplines and the and your morning rituals or morning routine. And it's so important to start your day out right. You start your day out right the rest of your day, you know, give God the tithe of your day. Well, <laughs> maybe we can do that sometime. We could do yeah. something together, just focused on that. Cause I'd yeah. love to hear from you on that as well. That would be wonderful. It's great to have you on the Arise Esther program today. I know our time is gone. But the seven steps to a vibrant life, all found there in how to, let's see, soul strong, seven keys to a vibrant life. Where can they get that book? Well, you can find it anywhere online, Soul okay. Strong. Yes, it came out, uh, like I said, in late February, just as the world shut down. And um, I would love for people to visit my online home. It is, you can see my name there, lucindaseacrestmcdowell.com, and I blog every week, and I have lots of different resources there, and I have many other books, too, and um, so, and there's ways you can connect with me there, and of course, on social media, I'm primarily on Facebook and Instagram, and it's under that name, Lucinda Seacrest McDowell, but I'd love to hear from anyone. 
Yeah, take advantage of that, friends. Give her a line. There's a, um, I've been to your website. It's beautiful and you have, or your blog, and you have a, a little block there that says friends. Let's, let's chat or whatever it is. So she's making herself available to all of you. You want to get this book. Don't miss out on this opportunity. And you can see her, all of her bio and links will be in the show notes today. It's been great having you. Lucinda, um, closing thoughts real quick for them. I would, you know what I would love to do? May I pray over you and the listeners? That would be, I would, I would, I would far rather do that than, than you talk anymore. <laughs> oh Lord, here we are. And we come before you and um, just in a whole lot of different places. Some of us are, are at the, at the final end of our rope and we're desperate and we're discouraged and we're wondering if the answers will come, if there is hope, if anyone is there, we feel so alone. And Lord, if, if, if for those who are experiencing that right now, I just pray that somehow you would wrap them in your arms of love, that you would remind them that you created them and you will sustain them. And Lord, I, I pray for any who are seeking and, and turning to all kinds of, of other avenues for meaning or for strength or for survival through what we're going through. I pray that they might turn to you, Lord, mm -hmm. the source of all that is good, of all that is healing, of all provision. You so are, Lord. Yes. And Father, I pray for those um, of us who have known you for a long time. And we've held your hand through the ups and downs of life. And sometimes we've let go. And Lord, we thank you that you came back and you found the one. And Father, would you keep us uh, on that long obedience in the same direction, mm -hmm. one foot in front of the other, with faith, standing on your promises, being empowered through your Holy Spirit to love a hurting world. And we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We praise you. And we ask this prayer in the name of God, the Father, his son, Jesus Christ, and through the incomparable power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you found value, make sure that you visit ariseester.captivate.fm. Like us, love us, and review us. And hey, want to join the movement? Visit us on thearisemovement.com to get connected. And for more information about me, your freedom coach and host, visit freedomgirlsisterhood.com. And while you're there, take the 60-day freedom challenge. You'll be so glad you did. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.